Welcome to another episode of Your Emigrant Journey. I started this podcast because of the many challenges I myself experienced as an emigrant in the first few years of living in my new country, which in my case is in the U.S. It took me almost two and a half years to go through a rigorous emigration process before I landed here. Up until that moment, I hadn't given much thought to where to begin or what the very next step should be after landing in your new country. It involved a lot of trial and error, meeting some great people along the way, and figuring it out as I went. In this episode, I have my dear friend Smitha sharing her immigrant journey. She moved to the U.S. from India in her 20s, more than 20 years ago. She's now living in Southern California, happily married, and has two beautiful daughters. She also leads a supply chain team in one of the fastest growing companies in the restaurant industry. You're now listening to the first part of our conversation with her. Let's start. What was your experience as an immigrant during the first couple of years in the U.S.? I assume since um, you're from India and English is more of a common language, you didn't have a challenge of speaking and understanding English, which is one of the major challenges for many people. Language barrier is a thing. One of the things I learned myself is knowing the language is extremely important, but is not enough. It is also important to learn the culture. So what was your experience in the first couple of years? Um, that is correct. Um, English actually was not a challenge for me, even though the accent was. What was also challenging and sometimes funny was the way people perceived my knowledge of English. For example, um, someone once approached me with all good intentions to point out that my email ID had the word Uranus in it. They pointed out that it could be construed as your anus. <laughs> and we all know what that is. But they didn't realize that not only Uranus is the name of a planet, it was also the name of a campus server, which I had no control over. So that was a that was that was a <laughs> funny experience. It is funny for me. On a more serious note, I arrived in the U.S. just a week before 9-11, and um, I saw the country going into shock. And at that time, I didn't even know what the Twin Towers were. When I went to school later that week, um, this random professor, she looked at me and she said, well, welcome to the U.S. And I didn't understand what she meant. Was she being racist? You know, at that time, there was a lot of racism that was being uh, demonstrated. Was she being sarcastic? Was she being sadistic? You know, it was just strange because something like that would never be openly said in India. And for a second, I didn't know how to react. But I will also never forget how uncomfortable I felt in that moment. Another distinct memory is when in the first quarter here, the most celebrated Indian festival, which is Diwali, Festival of Lights, came around. Of course, it was business as usual on campus. And I remember walking to class that day and for a split second, I was wondering why no one was wishing each other happy Diwali. That was a very strange experience for me. It was only for a split second, but I will never forget how it felt. Yeah, we all have those experiences that at the beginning, we're still adjusting to our new country, the new traditions, and we have some expectations that it takes us time to adjust. I know people who can't work for a number of years because of their work 
um, status visa. And sometimes this period might take more than a few years. I know you had a similar experience for a few years, but actually use this time to engage in community activities and some nonprofit organizations versus just staying at home and waiting. I am sure your story on how you made your waiting time so productive will be beneficial for many. Would you like to share more about that time and some of the experiences you had that actually helped you grow later in your career? Um, actually, this one is a pivotal one for me to talk about. And I absolutely trace my immigrant story back to this experience. So I have never been a homebody. Um, and on top of that, I have always sought out challenges and growth. And I think that is an underlying and necessary trait for our immigrant story to be a success. Mm-hmm. So in 2010, a year after my older daughter was born, I found out that my work visa, H-1B, was going to expire and that my employer was not going to sponsor my green card. All this while, I was under the impression that they would sponsor me, but I never got that in writing. Oh, wow. That was a regrettable mistake. I had been too afraid to ask, and I was too scared to rock the boat when I had interviewed. I was just so grateful that I was being hired that I never asked, and I never got it in writing. And this, I have learned since that time, is a very common mistake within the immigrant population. We are so desperate to get hired that we undervalue ourselves by working for lower wages, Mm -hmm. which was me, Mm -hmm. and agree to work for no guarantee of sponsorships, also me. You are so right that as immigrants, we are afraid to ask for more. You know, I emigrated to the U.S. through green card lottery process. Mm -hmm. So I didn't need my uh, employer support to help with my green card process. And I could work for any employer. But for years, I was afraid of asking for raise or promotions despite my hard work because deep down I felt I'm already given an opportunity to be here and already have a decent job and I should be grateful for and I shouldn't ask for for more. So my approach was just work harder, work more, take on other people's work and and hope that one day my boss will eventually recognize that um, I'm picking up all this work and moving big rocks and will offer me a bigger role. But I realized that that strategy never worked. And finally, I learned how to speak up for myself and be my own advocate. That is so true. Um, And I definitely did the same thing. Well, in the long and the short of, you know, what I did and the consequences of my fear was in spite of having two master's degree and a good amount of work experience, I found myself unemployed and a stay-at-home mom, which was the last thing that I had ever envisioned for myself. Um, My husband was waiting for his green card and my name was on that application. And what we thought was going to take just a few months to a couple of years turned into eight years of waiting and unemployment for myself. I can say that those were the toughest years of my life. The word impasse, which means, you know, just an obstacle that you cannot surmount. It that was always hanging in my brain. Hmm. It made a house in my brain. During that time, also, my second daughter was born. For the first few years, I kept myself busy with, you know, the mundane child, child care tasks. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes I would pretend that we're going on adventures to new <laughs> parks or museums. But, you know, honestly, all those activities merely filled the hours for me, but they did not challenge my mind, which is really what I needed. What really kept me going was my focus on self-development. But you and I bonded on that when um, we went through the interview process. Yes, that's exactly what we bonded on. I read a lot. I listened to all kinds of podcasts. I attended any free seminar that I could hear of. I attended all kinds of networking events, not knowing a single person, not knowing, not having anything to offer to anybody, but just going and hanging out just to meet other professionals. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I would attend those just so that I could feel, I could have the feeling of getting dressed and going somewhere like a professional. Just push yourself out of your comfort zone versus staying at home and waiting because that was out of your control. The green card process was not something that no matter how hard you would try to change it, whatever changed. There was a process of, for you, eight years. Yes. And you had to wait until... But instead of just waiting, you put yourself out there, got out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone, which, you know, you share with me how much all those learning came back during your career growth. And you were able to grow faster because of the learning. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I don't think I was doing any of that intentionally. Mm. I was just doing that because I needed to do something. So, you know, in any spare moment, you know, when the kids were at school or they were taking a nap, you know, I would just dive deeper into any interest that I had. Um, and I have, I have a, a wide variety of interests, I realized, you know, I, I looked into alternative health I started reading up on sustainability. I've always loved architecture, so I started doing a lot of research on that. I have a backyard, so I started planting native landscaping, and I really enjoyed that. I memorized scientific names of plants, and you know, just all. And I was very impressed by that. As a person that English is my second language, (laughs) I was not growing up and going to school here, so like learning the plants. And learning the flower's name and tree's name. I was so impressed that you knew all of them. <laughs> I actually even went out and helped out with some native landscape nurseries. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I have pictures to prove it too. <laughs> so I worked on, you know, quite a few unpaid projects, volunteered. I volunteered with the school board um, and I took classes in like herbal health. I just did a whole... Um, a variety of tasks because I needed to broaden my brain. I just needed to push myself in different directions. And at the time, I'm assuming because you didn't know when you're going to receive your green card, you couldn't create a solid goal for yourself. And I think that's a challenge with a lot of people. They think that because they don't have a solid goal, they should just wait. It's hard for many to do something. Mm when they can't see that vision for themselves it is challenging but when your situation dictates that uncertainty the best thing you can do is what you did just Mm -hmm. do anything yes i remember when we started working together one of the things that amazed me about you was your diverse passion as you said and knowledge about so many things that seemed to me unrelated like alternative health, architecture, education (laughs) to the names of flowers and plants. 
Uh, and it got me excited because the work we were doing was kind of creative in a sense. And I and I love that, um, you know, you were going to come on board with um, thinking outside the box mentality and it helped a lot. And later I realized that um, during the time that you were waiting for your green card, you didn't waste any time. <laughs> And you participated in different classes and you expanded your knowledge in so many ways. And I think it is important to be able to pivot and create new opportunities when the per first plan doesn't work. I think that happens in life so many times that we plan. Mm -hmm. We want our plan to go well, but we always have to consider that there are so many forces yes. outside our control. So mm -hmm. if the plan A doesn't work, what's next? And I hear this from many successful people when you listen to their podcasts, to their like interviews, they share a lot of breakdowns, but they know how to pivot. If this doesn't work, what could? Yes. And that's exactly what you did. So if we have listeners who are waiting for their visa status mm -hmm. for getting a permission to work mm -hmm. use those waiting time to be the golden time of your immigration so you can absorb and learn as much as you can yes yes and i think you put it so beautifully um even though i wasn't doing any of this intentionally it kind of turned out like that mm -hmm. but i think if if i had known that that may be a good investment of my time I might have done a little bit more or maybe I would have started sooner. So I'm glad we're having this conversation so that somebody who might be just wondering what they can do, mm -hmm. they can just do whatever they feel like doing right now. And yeah. they can do and keep themselves busy and engaged. And especially these days, I feel like in the last few years mm -hmm. with COVID, mm -hmm. there are so many seminars yes. and so many online courses yes. and i i personally hadn't seen this many free content out there yes you can go to youtube and the classes that probably 10 years ago we had to pay so much for now the content is available for free so, so let's just um switch a little bit i know one of your passions is um women empowerment and i also know you led a women's circle for a few years um tell us more about that <laughs> that that would be my pleasure so yes you're right i've always been passionate about women um their growth their development opportunities support anything and one of my favorite quotes is from madeline albright and she says, there is a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and there were several events that culminated. And in 2017, I had the opportunity to start and lead a women's circle. Um, it was born out of my desire to create something at the grassroots level that would empower and support women to dream big. Now, up until this point, I was doing a lot of work on myself and I had so much growth that I really needed to share that with somebody. Um, so, so I was really bursting to use my own growth to inspire others. So for the next one year, I led a group of 10 women who just randomly and very beautifully came together in a variety of projects and self-development work. We would meet every uh, fortnight, so once every two weeks. We would share food, we would share stories and struggles, 
And we would really lean on each other for self-development. And what we ended up creating in the process was the safe, insulated, and a brutally honest place for us to express ourselves, to experiment, and to take risks. It was almost like when we started, when we went into that room and we started meeting, it was just us. Mm. And we could be anybody we wanted and we could be completely ourselves. And that's the best like support system you can ever ask for. Yes. A place that you can share your authentic self. Yes. Without judgment. Mm -hmm. Because in many like places, even if that space is available, like at work, we might not feel comfortable to show up as our full self. Mm -hmm. But those circles that come together organically mm -hmm. are the best place to get support and provide support. Right. Which you did that so beautifully. What I was doing all of this was for myself. You know, I needed, I was mm. doing it for my own sanity. But at that time, I didn't realize that in the process, I was developing skills that I would use in my own career later on. Yeah. You know, so there was that hidden growth that was happening while I was doing that. Um, so in that process, I developed empathetic leadership skills. I developed a lot of patience communication skills, and really the ability to see a big picture mm -hmm. um, and to be with other people and create more win-win circumstances for everybody. Um, that was a really beautiful experience for me. And, you know, I'm so grateful that I was able to do that and able to meet you in the process. And then in finally in 2018, when I did receive my green card and I was, I then applied for a job and I was hired by you, Mana. I know that the time that you and I worked together was about two years, so mm -hmm. it was short, but I had the best experience. We would brainstorm. I yes. remember there was a whiteboard in one of the um, offices and we had our colorful markers trying to solve <laughs> the business problems, Yes, thinking outside the box. And I think one of the things that, as an immigrant, I feel like it's our contribution because of our journey. We learn how to think outside the box. Yes. We learn how to deal with ambiguity. Mm -hmm. We learn how to deal with uncertainty. Yeah. And these are the things that you can't just learn by reading books, mm -hmm. by listening to podcasts. You have to go through some life experiences yes. in order to be able to do that. And I never like look at that as a valuable trait for myself until like a few years ago, one of my bosses told me, um, do you know how well you deal with uncertainty? Mm. You, you feel very comfortable to walk into the projects that you don't know much about. Mm -hmm. And my question naively was like, isn't that everyone doing wow. the same thing? And he's <laughs> like, no, actually. And then, you know, it made me think that when you move from, I'm from Iran, from my country to the U.S., like miles and miles and miles away. Yes. You go from a place that you know everything mm. to a place that you know nothing. Mm -hmm. So it can paralyze you at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But then you realize that, well, if you give yourself courage and have a more patience mm. and maybe extend your trust to people mm. little by little, you are going to learn new things mm -hmm. and the situation is not going to sound as scary 
as it was at the beginning. Yes. But I think this learning with ambiguity, which later on I even added to my resume and my mm. interview process, like what what is your strength? And I would proudly say I can deal with ambiguity. Mm. And I don't think I had this strength. I would have had this strength if I wasn't an immigrant. Mm. So I think one of the things that um, sometimes we need to remind ourselves is we can maybe be competitive with people who were born and raised here because they know the culture in and out. Correct. But we are bringing so much other values. Mm, that is so true. That is absolutely true. And I, I, and I, you know, now that I've been working for a few years, I, I can actually say that my current success and my happiness are all due to the person I became in those eight years of dealing with ambiguity. Mm-hmm. You know, it was uncertain. Every day was new. There was no, there was so many unknowns. Um, the timeline was ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything I've learned by dealing with that ambiguity is now the root of my happiness and my success. I can really say that. Um, and my motto has always been just create something, anything, wherever you are. That's amazing. Yeah. And it, that itself is very ambiguous. Yeah. Right? You, what do you create? Where? You know, how? how do you start? How? You know? Right. So, and it could be as simple as creating even a new recipe. Exactly. When we talk about creating, yes. it's not about the creating the cosmos, right? Yes. It's about creating little things. Yes, just something to challenge you. Yeah. Just something to get you out of that comfort zone, the the complacency of your life. Mm-hmm. I think that when you when you strike that creativity, that is the mindset of constant growth. And with that mindset comes true freedom. Oh, I love that. I get this question often, especially from people who have just moved to their new country. Um, You know, I have friends all over the world. Some of my friends just landed in Australia. I have a close friend who just moved to Germany. And they Mm. keep asking, when when did you feel at home (laughs) in your new country? For me, that, you know, my, my new country was US. Like, when did you feel like you're not an outsider. I think the answer vary from person to person. Mm-hmm. I really think that the immigration experience is so unique. For me, I love challenge. Mm-hmm. And I thrive in challenging situation. I also consider myself a lifelong learner. And my experience of immigration has been that I'm constantly being challenged And I constantly have to learn. So I felt right away that I'm in a perfect place to enjoy my life more. Mm. But if we have people who might not be as comfortable with challenging situations, that might be a different experience. True. How was your experience? How did you feel the first like couple of years? And when did you feel like you were at home? Um, So maybe my experience was a little bit similar to yours in this way. Um, I didn't really feel like that was a challenge for me of Mm -hmm. feeling at home. Right from younger years, I always wanted to be independent. I had this, you know, I was always fiercely independent. 
And when I moved here, the first quarter I spent with my uncle and my aunt in their home. Mm-hmm. And they just welcomed me and they made my life really comfortable and pleasant. But I was still living with somebody else. Mm-hmm. So after the first quarter, um, when I moved into the dorms and I had more you know, control over my life, my choices, my schedule, I immediately felt at home. That was me. For me, that was what I was looking for. I was looking for independence. independence. I was looking for the ability to make my own decisions, call my own shots, mm-hmm. make my own mistakes. Take the ownership of your life. Take my, take my own life, my ownership of my own life, awesome. you know, and do my, you know, just be myself, right? So the moment that happened, I was at home. So that is why I feel like the answers are so different. And it's so great that people ask as many questions mm-hmm. from as many people as they can, but also they consider in the back of their mind that their journey is going to be unique. Yes. They might feel at home right away. And I know people that they haven't felt at home being here for 20 years. So, wow, it is, it is a journey. I think it's transformational. If I go back and I want to live my life again, I would still choose to put myself through this challenge of moving to a place that is far from what I know. Yes. Learning a new culture, being exposed to people with a different mindset. Yes. With a different way of living because I found it very transformative. Right. And hopefully that would be the experience of many people if um, they don't just focus on the and the breakdowns and the challenges and focus on the positive side of they are expanding themselves mm-hmm. as a person mm-hmm. by going through the process. Yes, I, I think that there is growth, but when you move to a new country, it's growth on steroids. Oh, I agree 100%. That's the best way to put it. I never thought about that. Yeah, so, so definitely, you know, for all of our immigrant community, we are experiencing growth on steroids right now. And let's be compassionate to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs>